I'm Kevin Cheedy, and you're listening to the Not Bitter Just Better podcast. This is the Not Bitter Just Better podcast. The Everton Our Way. Straight from the street end. Hello everyone and welcome to Not Better, Just Better, Everton podcast. Mr. Johnny Seven here, recording early this week with Mark Mack. Yeah, I'm still here. The bad news for me is that uh, I failed my medical at Barcelona the other day. Why was that? They asked me to run. Have you ever seen me run? <laughs> well, I've seen you try and run and yeah, I can't say it surprises me. I don't know why you need to run to host a podcast like, but I don't know. Yeah, um, I, thought so, I, I thought I was made for Tiki Taka uh, podcasts as well. You could probably get into well. You pro, I, was, I was thinking you like like our mate Dave. He plays for uh, the Everton walking football side. Uh, you could you might be able to get into the Barcelona walking football side. It's over fifties though, isn't it? I doubt it. I don't, think I, I don't think I could even do the podcast for the Barcelona walking football team. <laughs> yeah, you probably couldn't to be honest. Um, <clears throat> So recording on Sunday night, so we can do a, a recap while it's still fresh in uh, in our minds, and um, it, it was a good one to to recap on, to be honest. So um, obviously we went away to Watford yesterday, and uh, it was a bit well, of. Well, we 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 didn't go because we're terrible supporters. We, I, do you know what? I'd, I'd, I'd love to start going again, but I'm not getting on. You know, Paul does the, the coaches. I'm trying to get him to start going again because I don't want to go on my own. And you don't you, you don't want to go. So It's not I don't want to go. I've got kids now. Away games and kids are not a good mix. Yeah. Maybe anyway. I'll have to try and work on Paul again. And then, um, yeah. It, but to be honest, though, it, I've got to say, it, it was pretty good watching at home. It was good watching at home, and I don't think if we had to gone, I don't think we'd be doing this podcast now because we'd both still probably be in plaster because uh, it was a bit mental to say the least, wasn't it? I think, but, I at, think the, at the end of both halves, I think the expression is limbs. What limbs. Are, what are all the kids are using now? Uh, limb central. So, uh, I think the first thing to talk about is we speculated last week on what the team was going to be, whether the uh, the injured players, Sigurdsson, Awobi, Richarlison, out of the three, who'd come back in. And the, the answer was simple, all of them. Well, we didn't even speculate on the podcast last week. We did we did a little bit after because we didn't know that, that they were all fit to return. And we think we we, we thought that uh, Awobi was still going to be out for a little while. So when Carlo did his uh, press conference, it was it was a little bit of surprise, a little bit of a surprise, and then of course, um, yeah, as you say, all three of them come back into the side. It was the Awobi one that, that really did surprise me, to be honest, because to, to bring him straight back in after, I mean, it's not like he's just been out for one or two games; he's been out for a while, hasn't he? And to put him straight back in and to drop Bernard, who, you know, he's been playing well. Um, you know, I did sort of raise an eyebrow at that, a bit like, like Ancelotti. Yeah, yeah. Like Carlo, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that did surprise me. I, looking back at the game, even though you know we ended up getting the win, spoiler. Um, that I, I just don't know how Bernard didn't feature at all. So maybe he got a little bit of a knock, but that seemed, that game seemed 
um, perfect for him to come in and you know, particularly the way he played against Newcastle, that he, he he ran the show. Yeah, I mean, if he's injured, fair enough. I certainly don't think now we're only playing one game a week. We're only left in, in one competition. Um, I really don't think we should be resting players, you know, or rotating players round. Play your best side now and play them every week. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, as you say, the only thing I can really see is that he, he's been carrying a bit of an injury again. We've got three games this month. It's mad, that, isn't it? It is mad, yeah. Don't like it. No, it's boring. That, that's the, the the basic top and bottom of it. Um, but yeah, so the game yesterday, it was a bit like a a mirror image, wasn't it? The Newcastle game, in a way. The first half was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a mirror image in 45 minutes of, uh, of the game, our last game. Um, yeah. Just going back to the selection, though, Mark. The um, you know we said Sigerson came back in, uh, so Sigerson and Delph uh, in centre mid. Uh, Keane obviously um, made way for Richarlison. We we wondered whether Richarlison might play out wide. Obviously, Awobi coming in and Walcott re- retaining his uh, place in the side meant Richarlison was up, up front. So no place for Moisey Keane after again a, a really strong performance, um, and. It, it seemed a little bit of an odd one, but, you know, that's why we're recording a podcast and they're picking a team, I suppose. Yeah, but the game could have been very different, couldn't it? And then there could have been questions about the selection. Yeah. Um, it didn't take long for us to find ourselves 1-0 uh, down. And um, our mate Jerry did quite well for the goal, didn't he? Uh, a nice uh, cross-field ball. And... Uh, Great touch from Jerry, lays it into the left back, who of course never scored in his life, gets his first goal uh, against Everton. Yeah, I'm gonna obviously long term listeners of this podcast will know my uh, my love hate relationship with Jerry and the fact that I love to hate him. Yeah. Um, so, but that that touch uh, basically it was a long switch, wasn't it, from uh, the right flank to the left flank. Uh, and Jerry sort of plucked it out of the air with his foot. Brilliant touch. However, I'm immediately going to take that praise back off him because he was wearing tights. Did <laughs> you notice that? You played the whole no. game in tights. No, did you go out on Saturday? Uh, did you go out on Saturday? In the daytime? Uh, I popped out. Yeah. It was probably the warmest January day I can remember in my life. It was about 13, 14 degrees. Considered January. Wasn't on Saturday, was he? Was it? I don't know. Yeah, it was. Was he? <laughs> oh, it was, yeah. All right. The warmest February day. However, Jerry had tights on. What? Okay. He probably still had one leg of his shorts rolled up above his tights. He might yeah. have had stockings on that leg, just to show a bit of, bit of thigh. I was, um, I was uh, scrambling around. You know, um, you, you uh, international listeners have it. Well... I want to say you've got it easy in comparison because you've got NBC Sports Gold and all that kind of stuff, and and you've got TSN and all that all that stuff, and we have to scramble around to get uh, a stream from one of those things. So I watched the first five minutes on my phone whilst trying to get my telly linked up, and um, so I've seen the goal. First of all, I've seen a notification pop up because it was about thirty seconds behind. So notifi- notification pops up from the Everton app saying Messina thumped the ball into the bottom left-hand corner or right-hand corner, whatever it was. And then I saw the goal. 
And I wonder what I missed there because he didn't really thump it, did he? I think it was a good finish. I think he, uh, finish. he sort yeah. of passed it into the far post, didn't he? Do you think Pickford could have done anything with it? If he had uh, bigger arms, yeah. I thought he could have possibly saved it, um, but he didn't, I suppose. So, yeah, as you say, Messina, he's not known for his goal scoring. I think that's his first goal in the Premier League. Uh, a very Everton thing to do. An ex-player putting a ball in for someone who's never scored and then they scored against us. So, I think one thing I just wanted to mention, though, just before that goal, um, we had quite a nice move and it was a Wobie. A Wobie went down left. Uh, I don't know if you remember this. He, he pulled the ball across to Richarlison. Yeah. It was leaning back and he snatched at it a little bit and, and it went over. But, um, you know, it showed to me when I was watching the game, I thought, no, you know, it will be. Maybe he is sharp. Maybe, you know, he has come back and he fit. And, but um, after that, I don't think he really did much, to be honest. I wondered, um, someone else who didn't really do much, first half, I, I hardly remember Calvert Lewin having a kick at all. We weren't creating much though, were we? You know, it was. That doesn't normally stop him, now, does it? He normally puts himself about and. Yeah. Quite his standards. Maybe he's had his head turned, but uh, more about that later. Yeah. Hold on. Uh, <clears throat> um, it didn't take long, and I bet you were made up with this one uh, before we found ourselves two 0 down. And Mark Max, one to watch, popped up with a uh, with, with another goal. I can't say that was the th- first thing that popped into my head as we went 2-0 down, thinking, sure. how, br- how brilliant a pundit am I, uh, saying that Pereira will probably score past us. Now, what was more thinking was, what was that terrible defending from Fabian Delph? That's that's the first thing that popped into my head. Yeah. You can't be losing the ball there. You can't be... It's just so poor, the way... <laughs> Even try. I can't even remember. Did he lost it and then tried to win it back? Then he was just so weak. And yeah, yeah. I think it, he, he lost it. Then he and Dini picked it up and, and he sort of just sort of bounced off Dini, didn't he? As, as a lot of players do. Dini put in a prayer, prayer slotted it. Good finish. Yeah, but because because we'd had, we'd had possession, uh, the defense were were quite narrow. Uh, the two centre backs close to each other, so he laid it in. Uh, to the path of Pereira, and um, he goes through. Pickford went down, he lofted it over, decent finish. Um, so, 2 0 down, and it's not looking good at all. No, it's not looking good because at this point, we're not playing well. Uh, we're not really creating anything, as you say. You know, DCL's not in the game. Uh, Awobi wasn't doing great. Sigurdsson was not really at the races. Um, and we were inching towards half-time uh, without creating anything, really. Uh, and then this is when we suddenly turned into Newcastle and a centre-half who never scores pops up and scores twice. Yeah, so that first goal, it was tricky to uh, kind of uh, to enjoy it. It was an almighty scramble. Uh, and then you had... Who were you listening? To? What what commentary were you, were you watching? I was watching on something called oh, I forget the name of it now. It was English commentary though. It must have been the commentary that was provided by the FA. I tell you who it was. I think it was Tony Gale. Tony Gale. Com- Alan, Alan Parry, red shite, and Tony Gale. It was the most biased yeah. gobshite I've ever heard. So he was like, "It's come off his arm. He's come off his arm. That won't stand when it goes to VAR." 
I must admit, as soon as I saw it, I thought that's not, that's getting ruled out. Did you? Yeah, I did you? I honestly did. Did you see the Murray one at the weekend uh, yesterday? Uh, I don't think I have yet. No, I haven't really had the chance to watch any of the highlights today. But um, I'm not saying I thought it was handball, but I just thought, you know, I thought they'd find something wrong with it. It's a goal mouth scramble with a possible handball on it. Nine times out of ten in this day and age, they're going to get ruled out, aren't they? Yeah. So uh, that was my initial thought. Then the more I saw it, I thought, mm, I don't know. And then obviously the goal was given. Yeah, it kind of scrambled, popped around a little bit. And then uh, it pops back to uh, big, big Yerald and he uh, pokes it home uh, on the on the stroke of half time, and then so uh, you know grabs the ball, gets it back uh, to the uh, the centre circle, and you know back in the game. Yeah, and it wasn't too long before we were back level, was it? It was uh, pretty much same again, but this time corner from the other side the other this time, side. wasn't it? Some whipped one in, and this time rather than scramble. It was just um, uh, it was a decent header downwards, and uh, I think uh, Ben Foster, who was normally uh, decent, he, he had his, uh, his vision obscured a little bit by the uh, defenders and looked pretty powerless. Um, yeah, good one. What you've, got, what you've got to ask yourself, Dan, I'm sure this is what Nigel Pearson was asking his players at half time: is a lad's just scored against you. Uh, he's, you know, if you've watched Everton, he's the, he's the player who we always aim for from corners, pretty much. Um, and he, he's just free on his own on the far post to tuck in an easy header. Yeah. I put it in, you know, you know, we were celebrating and put a few pictures of Yeti up on, uh, on uh, our new Instagram. And uh, one live one commented, and I think he, he had a point. Um, he really should have more, shouldn't he? I, I think he could very well be in double figures the way he has the chances he has, and he should be dominating in the air. Sometimes he's got a head like a like a 50p though, hasn't he? I think when when we bought him off the back of that World Cup where he scored a few goals, didn't he? From from set pieces, from corners, everyone thought that that's what he was a specialist in. You know, a bit of a John Teddy type character, or going back a bit further to one of our players, a Derek Manfield type, who you know. Really can score a lot of goals from corners. I think he's got a bit of a ten bob head, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but you know, and it would have been very difficult for him to miss that header uh, yesterday. Um, what did you think of his dance afterwards? The dance was better than the first goal. Well, yeah, I love that. But you know, I'm not a big fan of players dancing, like like full on dance. I just think it looks a bit weird. The Moyes Keane one was worse for me. I don't know what he was doing there when he scored against Newcastle. That's lovely. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you know when you when you when you're growing up, right? And you you you, you have your teams, but then you're also like footy in general. So you have your other outside of Everton heroes. And you're, you're, gonna, you're going to Lee Sharp, you know? I am going to Lee Sharp. Your big <laughs> football hero was Lee Sharp. <laughs> No, he wasn't. That's yes, such he was. a lie. No, no, he wasn't. That yes, was such a lie. No, I was always a David. I was, I was always a David Jolly man. I did like Lee Sharp's little dance, but that was more. That was like more a homage to the Three Amigos, wasn't it? I think <laughs> it, that was like a take the piss dance, wasn't it? You know, when you see Moise Keane and when you see Gary Mina yesterday, it's like the, the proper getting into the moves. Not, I, I'm older. I'm older now. I'm wiser. 
Hold on, what would you rather see? Would you rather see the good, the good old Alan Shearer one hand or run away? I think they should just no sell it. Just walk off. Like, I think, I think uh, they're gonna have to start. They're gonna have to start doing that with VAR, aren't they? They're gonna have to wait uh, and Eric Cantona on it, just like yeah. give it the look and walk off. Yeah. Um anyway, to all. Uh, and that was and that was when the limbs exploded for the first time. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I, there was a blue in the ground, was there? But as forty five minutes came up on the clock who thought we'd be going in two all at half time. No, no, not at all. Uh, and as I put on our Facebook, uh, Watford did a bit of an Everton. Uh, lost a 2-0 two, two lead from nowhere, really. We, did, we didn't look like we had it in us at all. And then we find ourselves going in to all and, you know, everything to play for again. Did you expect any changes at half-time? Uh, I didn't think there'd be any half-time, no. Um, you know, once we'd come back into the game, I thought he'd have a look at it 15 minutes and see, see how we were doing after half-time. Um, and I think yeah, pretty much that's what happened, wasn't it, before the double substitution? Uh, so it, it it came quite quickly though, didn't it? it? It wasn't quite a double substitution. It was one and then one, uh, like within very very quick. Yeah, but it was it was pretty much like yeah. straight after each other, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so all in all, Wobi went off for Keen, um, and you'll have to help me out with the other one. Uh, it was Sigurdsson went off for. Bernard? No, Bernard didn't come on. Hang on. It'll come to me. Go on, go on. We're only live. <laughs> Schneiderlund. Oh, yeah, Schneiderlund, yeah. So that was um, that was an unexpected one, that, wasn't it? Because I, I thought this was still 11 versus 11, and we were both, both teams were really going for it. Yeah, I mean, they both, it's two players who've just come back from injury, isn't it, though? So I suppose that was probably factored in. Um, you know, you would say keen for Awobi is slightly more attacking than yeah. what you know. It's Keane's obviously plays further forward than Awobi, and Schneiderland plays, you know, less forward than than Sigurdsson. Yeah. Uh, but about as sideways as him. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm never happy when I see Schneiderland coming on the pitch. In all honesty, but <laughs> I can understand why that sub was made. Yeah, so two all, two subs made, and then uh, a little bit. I, 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 I don't know. I don't like saying madness, um, but I guess it was madness in, to a certain extent. Uh, Delph, get, Delph picks up a booking. What, what yeah. are your thoughts on this? The first one, I seen it in real time, and I thought, good tackle, won the ball. And then seen it slow down, and he did win the ball, but. He sort of scissored them at the same time, didn't he? He sort of yeah. come round with both feet. So, letter of the law, that's a booking. If somebody had took one of our players out like that, then I'd expect a booking. So, first one, booking. Second one, never a booking in a million years. No. Uh, do you think the, the ref was uh, pressured a little bit because it was about 20, 30 yards away and he gave himself the time to think, but all the time he had to think, he had Troy Deeney, etc., in his ear. Possibly, but I also think, you know, the linesman was right in front of it, wasn't he? Yeah. So, as the linesman give it, I don't know, but, yeah, it's a foul, but just. Is it, though? He got yeah. the ball. He didn't scissor. He got the ball. He put the ball out. No, I don't think he did win the ball. He, he did? didn't win 
definitely got the ball. He got he got a toe on the ball. I've seen still I've seen it slow down, and he definitely definitely got the ball. If he won the ball, then it's not a foul. But from from what I saw, from the angles I saw yesterday, I thought he hadn't got the ball, and he just sort of come round the play a little bit and just just very slightly tapped him on the leg, um, but never a sending off. But you could say that possibly it, it helped us. Yeah, I was I was a little bit surprised because because he went Sadibi um, on on the, the you know the strength of those two challenges he could have gone earlier on, but then this is where the biased commentary come in. You know, uh, he, he got knocked up in the air and uh, Gale's saying he doesn't like seeing players rolling around and he's hardly touched them and the same with Luca Dean as well. Yeah, they, they you're talking about the side who've got Jerry. You know, with Jerry in there, and he's talking about players rolling around. Yeah, we 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 admit that we don't like seeing that ourselves, do we? But I think no. I mean, I, I you know, I'm a big spokesperson against it when our players do it. You know, I hate it. I hate it. It's just one of those things that's now part and parcel of the game, which just doesn't sit right with me. But um, yeah, I don't know what you mean about the, the, the commentary sort of swinging one way and calling it for us and not calling it out for the other team. But, um, yeah, uh, but there was no real more chances in the game then, was there, until suddenly the, there was a break on for Everton. Richarlison sort of picked the ball up on the halfway line and ran up the left-hand side of the pitch. Just going back to, um, you know, Delft going, uh, going off, so that meant... Uh, we had to make a tactical change there, and um, Michael Keane came on for DCL, dropped into cent- central defence, and Holgate pushed up into midfield and bossed it there as well. Yeah, I saw some stat yesterday to say, saying something like, I think since Christmas, for the centre-half, Holgate got the best stats out of anybody, like for tackles and... Uh, number of like interceptions and people getting past them. I think he's he's top and Kubalai at Napoli's second. Bad one. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how verified that is. I don't know if it's come from uh, from Opta or somewhere, but uh, probably should do some digging into that. Yeah. Uh, so so we what it what it did though it, it, it ensured that we had uh, a, a lot more grit and um, a lot a lot more fight in there, and we had we seem to have a better shape as well, even with ten men. So, uh, when we were battling for it, when the ball did eventually break for Richarlison, um, you know, we, we, we had a good shape defensively, and then we had amazing pace on that break, didn't we? Uh, you had uh, Richarlison breaking forward on the left, uh, Keane uh, up through the middle, and then <laughs> Walcott appearing from nowhere. We know, we, we know all about Walcott's pace, don't we? But um, he was nowhere to be seen, and then suddenly he's popping up on the back stick. I've got to say, the vision from Moise Keane to find that pass. <laughs> oof, I tell you what, that, that shows that that kid's got a brain on him. Uh, well, it was a terrible shot, wasn't it, really? Well, um, but going into that, though, that I thought Richarlison did amazing there because he had... Yeah, the... he, he was strong, he was quick, and you've got to remember, this is you know the last minute of the game, isn't it? Or getting on for the last couple of minutes of the game. Um, that, extra touch, that extra touch, though... Just before he laid into uh, Moise Keane, um, that extra little touch there, where he draws the, effect, the defender out just one one little step more, really opens it up a little bit. I thought so. Uh, you know that 
he could well ten, uh, down for ten men. He could well have just headed for the corner flag there and tried to keep hold, hold of it. But instead, he lays it into the path of Keane, who um, I think he pressed triangle instead of circle, didn't he? Uh, I think he did, yeah. And then, uh, to be fair to Walcott, though, it's still it wasn't easy even once he run onto that ball. It was a hard angle. I've seen him hit many of them into the side netting, um, yeah. but he slotted it, and that's his first league goal this season. Yeah, and he was getting slaughtered before it on uh, on Twitter. Uh, well, yeah, he hadn't had the best game up to that point, has he? But he just scored a winner in the last minute and sent the Everton fans uh, Vicarage Road absolutely mental. Yep, and um, so that was uh, the last minute of normal uh, normal play. Uh, five minutes injury time, and I thought we did exactly what we should have done against Newcastle. Showed strength, uh, played sensible, just showed it up, and you just you just go back to wondering and what might have been, don't you? But what might what was is we get valuable three points after beating two 0 down. Yeah, it's the three points, and when you look back now across that game in Newcastle, you could probably say we deserved three points against Newcastle, Definitely. and we probably deserved a point against Watford, uh, and we've ended up with the opposite way round. So. You know, we probably deserved four points out of the two games, and we've got four points out of the two games. So, um, six would have been better, but you know, onwards and upwards in the table. Yeah, it's mad though. It's, so the, the stats coming out of this this season, we we haven't come from behind to win a game at all, uh, and what we, we haven't come from two 0 down since you know uh, it was was Watford what five years ago or something, wasn't it? Um, Is that how long ago it was? Was it five years? Yeah. Uh, I think so, um, but it just the amount of stats there, and this is the they're the type of negative stats that we need to start breaking, uh, and you know hopefully with Ancelotti in there, we're gonna start. Lo- I said last week about the mentality going across to, across the park to the shite. Hopefully we need to start breaking these negative these negative hoodoos, so to speak. Yeah, they're coming back and winning from behind a big one, isn't it? Because that's a been a bit of like a, a weight on on our backs for throughout the season, hasn't it? That's been brought up quite a few times in the media on Sky. Uh, so the players, have, you know, they're obviously going to be aware of that, um, and it just gets that sort of the hoodoo away a little bit, doesn't it? And gives you belief next time you you go one nil down, you think to yourself, well, come on, we know we can do this now. The team spirit there was excellent, and you know you said about uh, Schneider and before. Uh, so Walcott gets the winner. You can see what it meant to him. But who's the first fella over celebrating with him? Snidlin, and then the subs running down the line as well to celebrate with them. One of the one of the blue noses got on as well, didn't he? Out of the uh, the yeah. end and random uh, fella in grey coat. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think they uh, they let him back in as well, which was a, a nice touch. He didn't get jumped on by all the stewards and the police. So um, well done, mate. Good work. Um, who do you reckon for man of the match? I was going to ask. You're the same, yeah? Well, you know, being 2-0 down in the first half, I didn't expect to be man of the match pick to be one of the centre-halves, but I think it probably will be. Either Mina for his goals or just Holgate just for generally being uh, being solid. Um, I, I can't really think of anyone else who stood out. You know, Richarlison looked busy at times, didn't he? But you, what would you say? I think um, I've seen a few people saying about Luca Dean. Uh, putting in a, a really solid shift. I thought he did. He did better than he has done in the past uh, in the past few weeks. Sadibe did okay. 
but yeah, I think you, you can't go, you can't look any further than the two centre backs really. Um, I, I, for both the goals, Holgate did really well to win the corners. Yeah. And um, his, his, his overall play, he, you know, he played centre back, Boston for the most part. Uh, I'm sure he had he had a hand in the um, in the third goal as well, breaking up play and just being there in the right place. So Mina gets the goals, but I think Holgate Holgate gets the official one was Mina, but I, I think Holgate man of the match. Well, you give us Holgate and I give it to Mina, and then they've got one each. Yeah. Um, but so we, we won't give them a bottle of champers. Uh, I'll give them a bottle of uh, shipyard pale ale. Why? I don't know, just because you know we can so we can celebrate. Random, okay. Um, <laughs> next game is at home, Palace. Uh, I think it, we're half twelve, aren't we? Next week, yeah, early kick off on the Saturday. Um, and we're going to review that or preview that at the end of the podcast. Yeah, just looking at it though, uh, after the results today, we're into ninth, we are three points off sixth. Before the Tottenham game today, I looked at it, and if, if basically if we hadn't dropped those two points against Newcastle, we'd have been sixth. Yeah, and if Tottenham hadn't beat City today and basically handed the league, which is already over, you know, another week quicker to the shite, then um, we we could have been fifth before the rest of the uh, teams kicked off on um, at the weekend on Saturday if we'd have beat Palace. So. <laughs> Onwards and upwards anyway, innit? Yeah, we just need to carry some momentum now, don't we? Through the Palace game, because uh, then the game's getting a bit more difficult again after that, don't we? So, uh, we'll talk about it later, obviously, but hopefully the Blues can continue on uh, and another three points. Just a little bit, just one final thing on, on this, this kind of reflection. Uh, you're saying get a little bit of momentum. Did you see just the stats of the table since Ancelotti took over? I'm not seeing that now. No, so I, uh, I think it was 10 games, uh, but we are third in those 10 games. So that'll be the shite top. Yeah. And I'm going to say Southampton? No, City still, and then us. All right, okay. Yeah. So, Interesting. So you say build a bit of momentum. I think we've got it. Yeah, but it's just to continue that on, isn't it? To keep it going, you know. If we... If we go, if we get beat at home by Palace next week, then that's a bad result again, isn't it? You you've yeah. got to say, and then you're going to be taking that in as you're going on to games against the likes of Liverpool and and United, etc. So, uh, yeah, hopefully it continues on. We talked last week though, didn't we? Saying like, what's a good season? And we were saying Europe might be a stretch too far. Is it? <sighs> Ask me again in four or five games. Yeah. Okay, all right. So we'll we'll leave that there, and um, we'll come back in a bit with a little bit of Everton news. News. So the Everton news of the week. Looking back, and normally we'd have a load to talk about here because uh, it was the end of the transfer window, closed on a Friday night. It normally closes on a. Early on in the week, doesn't it? But sometimes it's a but... Monday, isn't it? I think it was just because the date fell would have been at the 31st of January, wasn't it? So uh, it was 11 p.m. It was a late one again. Uh, I think the last one closed at like five o'clock or something random, didn't it? Sort of killed it halfway through the day. 
Um, but it was a bit of a damp squib, wasn't it? Not just for Everton, all round. I mean, you know, it's a dodgy transfer window when Man United's big signing is Idian Igalo. Yeah, it was. It was a mad one. And um, I think we, we pretty much knew nothing was going to be happening. Uh, well, we could have guessed it quite early on, but uh, not long after we recorded our podcast on Wednesday, uh, Carlo came out on Thursday, was it? And said that we aren't going to sign anyone. So that kind of killed you, uh, killed Fadi off for me. Yeah, um, just going back to last week's podcast, obviously we were, you know, one of the main things you spoke about was the the bid for Richarlison, the eighty five million pound bid from Barcelona. Yeah. Now, at the risk of winding up, um, some of our listeners or some of the people on Twitter and all that who love to ask the question about sources, um, you know. Some people may have noticed we do get the team sheets early some t- some weekends. We do get some information sometimes. Um, and I'm not going to use the term source because it just sounds so stupid, doesn't it? But we do get a bit of info sometimes. Um, and I've had a bit of info on this. There's definitely was no bid from Barcelona. Um, absolute load of nonsense. Uh, whether it was made up by an agent or whether it was just Sky making it up, I don't know. But Everton received no contact. Um what hasn't really been reported, I think I've seen a little line on this today, actually. Um, but I actually texted a few people about it on Thursday. Uh, sorry, on Friday when the, the deadline was. We did get an inquiry and we did get a bid from Man United for Calvert-Lewin. Really? 40, 45 million rising to 50. It was, knocked, it was knocked back straight away. It, it wasn't even entertained. Yeah. The inquiry was there. Um and obviously they were told, I think, I'm sure that they'd be interested in Calvert-Lewin. Because if you think about the way United play, they, I think what they're lacking is sort of a focal point player, isn't it? You know, you can play off from for them and have Rashford or Greenwood or Martial or whatever playing off them. Um, and, and Calvert-Lewin would probably be ideal for them. But um, it wasn't entertained. Um, and I say, I think United were in desperation mode, weren't they? They were trying to buy every striker everywhere because they needed somebody. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, but going back to Richarlison, um, it's since come out from both both sides, just to confirm what you were saying, I mean, Barcelona said they didn't make a bid. Everton have said they, de- they didn't receive a bid. So someone is up to some kind of uh, trickery, maybe to try and get something moving. Uh, and ultimately it didn't work. But, you know, we said about Richarlison being a little bit of a sulker. Uh, it could have been. It could have been a little bit of a naughty one, couldn't it? Uh, it could have been, yeah. But I don't think it. You know, it certainly didn't show at all on the Wofford game. Uh, you know, I didn't think he'd look like he'd had his head turned or anything. And and as I say, I think because it was refuted so quickly, I think he would have known that it was it was, it was nonsense. There was one thing that was doing the rounds on Friday night. I think uh, Everton uh, uh, supporters centre or uh, one of them got hacked on Twitter and said that uh, Everton Suarez had been contacted and was talking about about a move. And then uh, it quickly uh, came out that it was indeed hacked. So uh, and that was a no goer. So back to uh, our uh, it was just a couple of players out, wasn't it? So. Yeah, a couple of players out on loan. Uh, Jonas Lossel uh, went back to Huddersfield, obviously where the Blues got him from, uh, after his 
season in the Premier League, the season before. Um, it was a weird one, this, because when he came into in for us, obviously he'd had a, a season at Huddersfield when he got relegated, but, you know, he was one of their better players that season uh, and was quite highly regarded, the keeper. And when, when we got him, I thought, you know, guaranteed Stonewall's second-choice keeper who could possibly even push Pickford if he maybe gets a chance. Um, and weirdly, he hasn't even been, you know, getting selected for the bench, has he? Stecklenberg's creeped back in and, and has been there most of the season. So maybe he just hasn't settled. Uh, maybe it's a personality thing or whatever, but he's, uh, he's back to Huddersfield. Yeah. Uh, the other one, Lewis Gibson going out on loan to... Well, he signed a new contract uh, and going out on loan to Fleetwood. Yeah, uh, obviously very, very highly rated, Lewis Gibson. Uh, I think Fleetwood signed three or four players on loan on deadline day. Uh, obviously, they're trying to do something in the league there. So, um, let's just hope that Joey Barton doesn't batter them. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a fair... Uh... Yeah, anyway, um, the other news coming out, I guess, wasn't really news. It was just that we uh, we were trying to move Nias and Martina on. Uh, Burnley was showing an interest in Nias. Uh, ultimately, they dropped that pretty quick. And what, what did the news was? I think Sky reported that Burnley were interested in Nias. And then it was literally 20 minutes later, they said, Burnley now have no interest in the ass. So <laughs> it must have took them 20 minutes to watch some highlights and think, nah, <laughs> you're not right. Yeah, I mean, he could have done a job for someone somewhere. Um, ultimately, I saw some of the stats. He's going to get 1.5 million now between now and the end of the season uh, for doing not a whole lot. But saying that, you know, if, if, if Calvert Lewin gets a knock and Richarlison gets a knock, then he, you know, with um, Tosin gone, he might well, uh, he might well be called one, mightn't he? You say that, but at this point in the season now, I think I'd rather if we were desperation mode and we were calling on somebody to be on the bench, or you know, I'd rather see a, you know, an Ella Sims or someone just give one of the kids a go. This is the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. If you haven't already, go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash EFC, Not Bitter, Just Better. Or you can find us on Twitter at Just Better EFC. Okay, time to wrap this up, Blues. Uh, Mark's had to dash off, so um, I'm just going to wrap up the last little bit and look ahead at the Crystal Palace game at the weekend on my own and give some of your predictions. So, uh, early kickoff, half twelve. Uh, Palace visit Goodison. Just looking at the league table, uh, obviously we, we went up to into ninth position, and it's looking a lot better for the Blues at the moment than you know uh, at early December. And we are, if we win this game, we can go up to sixth. Uh, I mean, well, we're three points off. We'd need a handy win because our our goal difference is minus six, whereas Shef- Sheffield United, uh, Sheffield United's is plus three. Palace. In 14th position, three points behind us on a minus seven. So any win for them puts them above us. So it just is really, really tight around the middle there. If we can manage to get a, a win, uh, you know, there's there's no reason why we can't push on for Europe. And last week we discussed that. 
week before we discussed it and it seemed like a, a little bit more of a stretch but with that win last week uh, and the dramatic fashion uh, we're looking it's looking a little bit more rosy as, as I just said so uh, looking ahead I don't as you know I don't like to do predictions so as Mark's not here I've put out on our Facebook page uh, and on Instagram and Twitter uh, just predict early predictions and your men to watch so just going through we've got uh, Martin Edwards well we can move up the league so I'll go for a draw with a couple of crying smileys so Stephen Fletcher 3-1 to the Blues with three thumbs up so hopefully Alan North my mate Alan 3-1 uh, to Everton Christian James nice and optimistic here can't see us losing but can see a 0-0 bit, a bit of a drab affair following the come down from Watford hope I'm wrong but just don't think we have it in us for that intensity two games on the bounce Sahar Defo the one to watch out for John Corker a little bit ironic Tosin to score for Palace uh, and then in brackets yes and no we can't play but that would be just like uh, just like us for that to happen uh, you know if he does manage, if he does end up staying there Jonathan Williams 2-1 for Everton, but I'll take any score as long as we win. I'm sure we all would. Uh, Almir Anatovic, 3-1. Keen to score as a hard to watch. Uh, top fan, Paulie FC Smith. Can see a 1-1. One, one. I'll take 1-0 as uh, long as we win. Zahar's the main one to watch. They are better away. Counter-attacking team. First goal is vital. Uh, Steve Kent, 2-0. Pete Richards, dare I say it, Zahar. Uh, Johnny Lennon, 3-0. Uh, Hopefully that is to the Blues. Uh, Paul Jimenez, uh, Zahar will be able to prove a point, especially you know the, the long uh, transfer uh, negotiations that didn't happen uh, ultimately uh, over the summer. Uh, we'll take any will, uh, any win. Sorry, absolutely huge game can really climb the table as I just mentioned before. Uh, so a lot of positives in there. I just I, I personally hope we don't do a classic Everton we can end up in 6th more likely 7th but what do we do end up in bloody 11th uh, so it, it, that's doing an Everton isn't it let's see uh, we've got a couple on Instagram Sunny Norfolk 3-1 to Everton first time going again this season come on you Blues yep uh, hopefully we get a win for you Sonny uh, Liam Heavy 1 3-0 nice, nice and optimistic Keane Richarlison and DCL so lots of positivity less doom and gloom than we've had recently so hopefully uh, that last minute winner uh, last week against Watford really really turns it round for us and we can push on and have a strong finish strong positive uh, end to the season okay uh, just want to say thanks as always for listening we are really growing on Instagram uh, not bitter just better uh, Twitter at just better EFC, uh, Facebook just search Everton FC, not bitter, just better. If you listen to the podcast through a browser, go and subscribe uh, either through Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, I think we are on Spotify as well. If there are any platforms that are missing and you're listening on someone else's and you want a regular way to subscribe, just let us know. Okay, short one today this week uh, hopefully back to normal next week and we will have uh, another blue victory to talk about see you later blues nice one <laughs>